Hi, everyone. Welcome to Tea and Tehillim. As always, I invite all of you to have a Tehillim open and a midnight snack handy. It is my absolute pleasure to be here with you tonight teaching you Parak Kuf Lamed Gimel. And Parak Kuf Lamed Gimel is very short, Parak. It's only three psukim long, but it packs a loud punch. This Parak speaks about the peaceful connection between Moshe and Aaron. And in the process, it delivers a life-altering lesson on self-esteem. So let's open up our Tehillim, please. Tarek Koflam and Gimel, Pasuk Aleph. Shir Hamalos David. For David, a song of ascent. Okay, so this is one of the, it's the second to last Shir Hamalos. And Shir Hamalos means the song of ascent, which is actually um, trying to say that this Tarek is meant to uplift us above and beyond a regular state of being. So it's a very fitting name for the parak. Shir Hamalo. It's a very fitting start for the parak. And especially for this parak, because in this parak we're gonna be deliver it's gonna be delivering information to us on taking control of our self esteem. So it's gonna be extra uplifting. Okay. Hine Matov Umanayam Shavas Achim Gam Yachad. Behold how good and how pleasant is the dwelling of brothers in unity. So Rabbi Gamliel explains that the word yachad um, together is 22 in gematria. And there are 22 letters in the alphabet. And he says that just as each letter is important and meaningful, so too it's good to be the yachad. It's good to be together with other people when we speak about important and meaningful things when we speak about things of substance that will take us to higher levels in our Avodah Hashem. So especially now where we're isolated and we're appreciating more than ever the value of other people's company, we should realize that other people's company is a privilege and an opportunity. And when we're with them, we should use that opportunity to uplift ourselves and not stand to talk about frivolous things like conversations about other people or endless chatter about materialistic things. We should surround ourselves with quality people that we look up to, and we should take advantage of their presence in our lives to help motivate and inspire ourselves. So that's just a nice side lesson um, on this parak. Okay, the Achim. Who are the Achim? Shevis Achim Gam Yachad. So the Achim are Moshe and Aaron, who led the Jewish people in unison, without friction. And Moshe was in charge of the, uh, there were two separate parts, let's say, of the government, quote unquote. Moshe was in charge of the judicial, legislative, and executive affairs. And Aaron was the Kohen Gadol, was a spiritual leader. But they employed a mutual love and tolerance for each other. And they fused these two parts together beautifully. So this Pasuk is speaking about Moshe and Aaron. Pasuk B. Like the precious oil upon the head running down upon the beard. So what does oil being poured on Aaron's beard have anything to do with the two brothers being together in unison? This is something that we have to understand here. The Talmud tells us that the story goes that Moshe anointed Aaron to be the Kohen Gadol, and some of the oil that he was pouring over Aaron's head landed two drops of it, landed on Aaron's beard. 
And Moshe knew that this is Shemen HaTov, this is a precious oil, and it's supposed to go down his body and land on the floor. So he was worried perhaps he did it in the wrong way somehow. Perhaps the anointment wasn't like a kosher anointment. And a heavenly voice came out of Shemayim and said, don't worry, it's good, it's perfect. And then Aaron, then Aaron came and said, he also expressed his concern. And a heavenly voice said to him, Just like, and this indicates that just like the voice is saying, just like Moshe was told that the anointment was kosher and everything is fine, you and Moshe are equal. You're yachad. You're together. You're equal. So we said it to him. We don't have to say it again to you. You're both together. So the connection between the brothers here is a connection of equality. Hashem is saying, both of you are equal in my eyes. And indeed, we look at, if we look at a Rashi in Shemot, okay, the Rashi is noticing that in the Pesukim, sometimes Moshe comes before Aaron, and sometimes the name Aaron comes before Moshe. And he asks, like, what, what's up with that? And Rashi says, Lo it's to teach us that Moshe and Aaron are equal. So the obvious question is, how is it possible for Moshe and Aaron to be equal? Moshe went up to Shemayim. He was panim al panim with Hashem. He was the greatest prophet that ever lived, and he was the leader of the entire nation. So how is it possible? How could it be? And the answer is because they were both putting their all into acting in the service of God. You see, the fact that Moshe was the leader and he had special privileges and closeness with Hashem, that, that was Hashem's decision. That was in Hashem's control. The result of where someone ends up in their life or, or the, the position that they take or, or the circumstances surrounding their life, that's not in their control. That's the ultimate result is in Hashem's control. But what's, what is in the person's control? Their effort. Our effort is the part that we can control. So Hashem is teaching us a very valuable lesson here. He's saying, Moshe and Aaron, it doesn't matter that one of you is in charge of this and one of you does that. The bottom line is that you both put in all of your effort into serving me, and therefore, you're both equal. And how can we take this idea into our own self? How can we help our work on accessing our self-esteem through this idea? So many times we see our self-worth as being made up of the results of where we end up in life and our life circumstances. What is our financial situation? What our looks are like? Our marital status? our intelligence, our children, shidduchim, all kinds of results that end up happening in our life, we take those results and we say this is who we are. We equate it with who we are. And here we're being told that, and so then, so, so then we start thinking, okay, so listen, I can't really work on my self-esteem. This is my life. It is what it is. And I, you know, I'm just a victim of, of my external circumstances. But here we're being told that if we want to get in touch with our intrinsic self-worth, by the way, that's already there. Our intrinsic self-worth is there whether we recognize it or not. I'll get into this in a few moments. Whether we recognize it or not or whether we try or not, we're, we're infinitely valuable just because, just because we're here, just because Hashem created us. But it's about getting in touch with that intrinsic self-worth. And we're being told here we don't need to rely on our external circumstances to all line up perfectly like little soldiers. We can do, we can, we can access that self-worth all on our own. How? Just through the act of trying to be better people. Just like Aaron, like he worked on himself to be better, and therefore he was equated to Moshe. By working on ourselves, 
Hashem is judging us on that effort, and because Hashem judges us on that effort, it frees us up to also view ourselves through that same lens and esteem ourselves from within. And this concept is really a big game changer because it puts us at the steering wheel of our life, at the steering wheel of how we view ourselves. We're no longer victims of circumstance. The the beard of Aaron running down the hem of his garment. Okay, so it's still talking about the oil, the oil that's running down his beard and running down his garment. So the so Midosav here means garment because the Kohen Gadol had to wear garments that were fit just to the perfect measurement to his body. But the Maharsha offers another explanation, and he said, which really fits beautifully with the point that we're making today. And he says that Midosav here can be taken very literally to mean his character traits. So what does it mean the oil fell onto his character traits? So oil represents wisdom and talent. Okay, that's why it's called Shemen Hatov. It represents wisdom and talent. So when the Pasuk says that oil fell upon his needles, it means that he used all of his wisdom and his talent to develop his character to flawless perfection. And hence, he was known as the greatest Balmidos of his era. And this is why Aaron was considered equal to Moshe Rabbeinu, like we said before, because he used all of his strength, that it, all of his strength was used to develop himself to the fullest. So again, we're strengthening our point that working on our character is a key towards getting in touch with our intrinsic value, which we're going to give very practical, real-life ways of doing this, all, um, starting from tonight um, when we finish going through this parak. So I just want to point out, like I said something similar to this before, but it's very important to point out. I don't want anyone to come away from this thinking, well, if I try in my life, and I put an effort, then I'm worthy, then I'm valuable, and if I don't, then I'm a nothing. That's not what I'm saying at all. In fact, we are, each of us are inherently precious and infinitely valuable no matter what we do because each of us have a chilek elokami mal. We have a piece of Hashem inside of us, a godly, divine part of us deep within, and we say every morning, Hashem, the neshama that you give me, it's pure. It's 1,000% pure and nothing could damage it, no matter what I do, effort, no effort, doesn't matter. So what, so what am I trying to say then? I'm trying to say that when you put effort into your life to becoming the best person you could be, step by step, obviously, then what are you doing? You're getting more in touch with this inner peace with this spark. You're getting more in touch with your neshama, with your godly peace inside of you. And when you're getting in touch with your neshama, this brings you the awareness of how holy you are because you're connected with that holy part of you. So the, the effort piece is for us to recognize that, holy, that holiness that we each carry. Um, I hope that's clear. Okay. Like the dew of Hermon, which is the tall mountain, the tallest mountain in Eretz Yisrael, descending upon the mountains, the little short mountains of Zion. So why are the two brothers, it's a little confusing this parak, unless you really get into it and understand it, like why are the two brothers being equal to each other, being compared now to the dew of the highest mountain in Eretz Yisrael, dripping down into the little mountains of Zion? into the lowest mountains. 
And the answer is that just like the brothers were equal in Hashem's eyes, despite their differences in their role, the mountains, even though they're so different in size, they both got the same tell. They both got the same blessings on them. And the message is that it doesn't matter what our life looks like outwardly, if, if, the, if our circumstances of our life are tall or short, like, a, like great or not so great. It doesn't matter. What counts is the spiritual climb of the mountain. If we climb, if we take small steps towards the peak throughout the course of our life, we can and we will see ourselves as great. We'll see ourselves just as if we're that big Mount Hermon. In fact, the small mountains of Zion, even though they're small, they're holier than the tall mountains of Hermon. So too, our efforts can make us even greater in Hashem's eyes than someone who seems to have everything so perfect. And you may feel smaller than someone else, but if you're spiritually evolving, you are just as great, if not greater, than, um, than, the, than the other people that you're feeling that way towards. And that's all the reason that we need to hold our heads up high, the, the fact that we're spiritually evolving. Kisham tziva Hashem et habracha chayim ad ha'olam. For there Hashem has commanded the blessing, may there be life forever. So that person is not feeling so great about his life, about himself, but is constantly climbing. Hashem personally fills their life up with blessings, with bounty, not through an intermediary, but by himself. Kisham tziva Hashem et habracha. Hashem brings him blessing. So this parak includes three seemingly disconnected ideas, okay? Moshe and Aaron being equal. That's the first idea. Aaron being anointed with oil that drips down his garments, and dew falling from a tall mountain to a small mountain. And the connection that binds all these elements together, and they are all bound together because it says kital, kishemen, they're all like each other. The connection that binds them together is the lesson that people can have two completely different end places in their life and still be on the same level based on their efforts. When I speak about the topic of self-esteem, I explain the basis. When I talk, I speak to my students, or if I'm, doing, if I'm speaking to adults, um, I always, the way I speak about self-esteem is that I explain the basis for why we should even have it to begin with, like I told, similar to what I said before about the Neshama Tahora. And then I offer practical methods on how to build up our self-esteem. And one of the main ways that I talk about in, in, in depth is the method of putting effort into building our character. This is one of the main ways that we can, we, even no matter what type of upbringing we had, we ourselves can make such a change in the way we view ourselves. And why is it? What, what is it about building character? Because Tikkun Hamidos is the purpose of our stay here in this world. So if we know that we're doing what we're sent here to do, the Rambam says this, then that, that in itself just makes us feel great about ourselves. Like, for example, before Pesach, I was walking in the street and I noticed, you know, like a, two little kids cleaning out their parents' minivan. And these kids were like little kids. They probably weren't doing the best job, but they were like on top of the world. They were so excited about what they were doing. And ultimately, even if their job wasn't being done so well, those kids feel like a million bucks. Why? Because they know that they're working on something that they're supposed to be doing. They know that they're supposed to be doing keep it of aim. They're supposed to be helping for Pesach. Their parents gave them a mission, and they're doing it. 
So that in itself is just an amazing feeling. And that's similar to how we feel when we're doing what we're meant to be doing in this world. So let's explore this idea practically. How can we clean, like, how can we, you know, how can we clean our cars for peace? How can we feel good about ourselves knowing that we are heading up the mountain? So when I teach about tshuva, I instruct, um, I instruct people to follow the yellow brick road. Some of you may hear, have heard me say this before. This is one of my favorite ideas because I feel like a lot of people end up um, going, going off in interesting directions when it comes time for Elul to do tshuva. And people kind of like sidestep any major issue that might be going on in their life and they pick like a, 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 a Kabbalah that has nothing to do with the events that are going on in their life. So I tell my students, let's say, I'll say, listen, if you, you know, if you're having a relationship issue, let's say with your mother, and, you know, it's causing distress in the household or whatever, don't pick to now start working on, you know, making alamechia from the venture. Like this is not the time to go off in random directions. Why? Because the way it works is that we're meant to use our challenges as road signs to direct us in exactly how to refine our character. They're meant to point us in the right direction of where the work needs to be. And everything that enters into our life is really there to teach and guide us to where we need to go. So therefore, um, the minute you learn that, when you finally get that lesson and you got to where you need to go, that challenge will disappear out of your life and a new stage, a new obstacle, of course, um, a, new, a new challenge will enter to bring you to the next level. So here are my four steps to follow. I have four steps for you to follow, very practical steps to get on your yellow brick road, and here they are. Number one, you want to, the first most important part here is to identify the challenge or whatever in your life is causing you distress right now. Like I said about the benching, I didn't mean that you can't pick beautiful little cabalos to do here and there. That's not what I was saying, but what I was trying to say is that if you have something that's, that's distressing you in your life, Start there. That's where you're meant to be going right now. When you get that down pat, then you could take on the, the, the other little Kabbalos that are nice. But first, we, so step number one is identify the challenge that, causes, that is causing you distress. So you need to use your emotions as your guide. How am I feeling right now, right? If I'm feeling, you know, embarrassed or ashamed or jealous or insulted or lonely, any of these things, it's there to alert you. Okay, it's there to alert you here. Here is where the work needs to be done. So you want to identify what's going on in your life, or it could be big, it could be small, doesn't matter. There's always something. It's never a dull moment. Okay, number two, get clear on where you want to go instead. So, for example, um, somebody who's feeling lonely, they're so busy thinking about their loneliness just giving a random example, so busy thinking about their loneliness, that that's what keeps on replaying in their mind. Ugh, I wish I had someone to be with, and I'm so lonely, and da da da. And they go on and on down that path. The problem with this is that whenever you're thinking about something, you're just going to keep bringing, more, bringing about more of it into your life. So getting clear on where you want to be means I'm focusing on where I, yes, want to be. 
where I yes want to end up. And our mind is so not used to going to this place, but it's such an important part of this process. So, for example, instead of saying I'm lonely, right, I, I want to say where do I want to go? I want companionship. I want love. I want to feel important, significant in people's lives. I want support. I want encouragement. Whatever is the opposite of that. So you want to get to, you want to identify that good place that you want to be in. If a person is having issues with their parenting skills, where do I want to be? I want to be respected by my children. I want to have peace in the home. I want to have good communication skills with my kids. Put, plug your, your destination into your GPS. Otherwise, you're on the train to nowhere. Or worse, you're on the train going backwards. Okay? So always have that, that, that clear destination in your mind. Number three, okay, number three is educate yourself on the best way to handle whatever challenge is going on. In any number of ways, you could ask people who have been through this before, ask them for advice, who have, people who have navigated whatever you're navigating and they came out successful, call them up, talk to them about it. You could read books on whatever topic you're dealing with. You could talk to a therapist or a coach. Um, you could just try to find the answers within yourself by journaling um, and, and really just taking time to think about it. But the point here is that you need to consider what the best way is to solve your issue because what happens is that very often people just end up doing the easiest possible thing without thinking or considering about educating themselves on a the matter. And the easiest possible thing is often the wrong direction to go in. Very often it's the hard choice that's the right thing. So it's very important that we take the time to not just do whatever our impulses are leading us to, but to take the time to educate ourselves on what's the best route to go from here. Okay. My question, though, I want to, before I go on to step number four, is how do you know what the best thing, how do you know what to do in that situation? How do I know what the best thing is? So you ask yourself, what's better in the long term? Sometimes the short-term answer is the easy thing. For example, um, if a child is in a store demanding that the parent buy them a toy, and you know that this kid already got 12 Alfie Coleman presents, which just happened to me today, um, not in the store but on Amazon. So, you know, you don't want to give in to another, another demand. Um, the easy thing, if you have four other kids, you know, bothering you about other issues, the easiest thing is just to give in to the child's demands. But you have to ask yourself, what's better for the long term? And for the long term, if I continue to spoil this kid rotten, then um, the, their future might, you know, things might get a little difficult for them. So it's about stopping and educating ourselves and considering the best route. And step number four is once you know what to do, then you make sure that you do something every day in pursuit of your goal. And the most important part, I'm going to put this with number four, is that you be proud. You be proud while you're doing it because being mindful of what you're doing and noticing and taking notice of the efforts that you're putting in every day is going to increase your success. It's going to increase the good feelings that you have about yourself. And it's going to just give you energy and like this whole topic of a class of self-esteem, and that's exactly where we're heading, it's going to make you feel good about yourself. Okay, so 
these four steps that I just gave you could go in one ear and out the other, and that's why I like to give a lot of mnemonics when I teach to help people remember the things that I taught them. And you know how like in high school when you make up these crazy wacky hints um, to remember your history notes, but like they're so wacky, but that's why they work? So here's my wacky hint to remember these four steps. Okay, so picture a little four-year-old kid who's playing outside with his friends on a beautiful day, and he runs in the house to get something, and his mother sees him, and he has this huge grin on his face, and his entire outfit is just covered with red Italian ices. But he is completely oblivious, and he's just totally confident about himself and happy and excited about whatever he's doing in your backyard. So too, okay, I'm going to compare this to us, that we want to feel that way. We want to feel so good about ourselves, no matter what, you know, obviously we're not going to spill ices all over ourselves, but no matter what is going on in our life, we want to have that huge grin. So how do we have that huge smile on our face and feel good about ourselves? Well, we could use the acronym ICES, okay? We could also, quote, unquote, eat ICES. How does the acronym go? I, like we said, with step one, identify the challenge that causes the distress. That's I. C, get clear on where you want to be instead on put, um, and put in the good place that you want to go to on your GPS. Three, sorry, um, E, okay? E in ISIS is educate. Educate yourself on the best way to handle this issue. And S is something. Make sure that you do something every day in pursuit of your goal. So if you eat ices, you too can have a big grin on your face and feel proud and happy and know that you're doing everything that you were created for and you're doing your best. So I just want to end by pointing out that often when I teach this topic, people ask me if they should worry about getting their self-esteem too high and becoming a Balgaiva, like, they want to know, until when could I work on my self-esteem? And I think it's a huge mistake that in preschool, when we learn about the concept of gaiva, we're kind of taught that we have to, like, push ourselves down so we don't become a gaiva. And the real truth is that healthy self-esteem and gaiva are opposites. They're complete opposites. There's a Yiddish expression. I don't really know how it goes. I'm sure some of you do. But it, it, what it means in English is that um, when you take a box, and I tell this to my kids all the time, um, when you take a box and you, a pushka, let's say, and you stuff it with pennies, with like, you stuff it all the way with pennies, when you shake it, it makes no noise. But when you have one penny in the box, it makes a lot of noise. And that's the perfect muscle over here. And it describes how having a healthy self-esteem and having all those pennies in the box and feeling full and feeling content with ourselves when we're in that situation, we don't need to be showing off in any way. It's the opposite. It's when we're not feeling good and we're not working on building and building and building our self-esteem. That's when the gaiva comes in. So they're actually opposites. And the interesting thing is that there's a reference to humility in this very parak where we learned about self-esteem. So it kind of shows us that they go hand in hand. Where's the reference to humility? It says, hine matov umanayim. The word ma is used to denote humility, ma'anu, ma'chaseinu. Um, we use this word when we're talking about how low we are and how humble we feel next to Hashem. So the Pasuk is saying, hine matov umanayim, what it means is 
that it's so nothing and it's so tov, it's so nice and pleasant to be with someone who's ma, to be around somebody who's humble, who has that attitude of ma, of who am I? And we could tell right away when we're with someone if they're humble or not humble, and it's pleasant to be around humble people. So it's not a coincidence that that same pasuk, that same pasuk is where we learn the concept of the brothers, Moshe and Aaron, being equal because of the effort that they put in. So we learned the lesson on, on self-esteem in the same pasuk where we learned the lesson about humility. This just shows, it proves that healthy self-esteem and humility come hand in hand. One feeds off of the other. So go ahead and build your self-esteem up in the right way and enjoy those delicious ices. Thank you for listening, everyone, and have a good night.